What's up, Dialed Fam? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Strength Training for Cyclists podcast by Dialed Health. My name is Derek Teal, and I'm the owner and operator of Dialed Health, who is very stoked to be with you today because we have a few topics that are very exciting. One in particular, it was asked by my dad. Now, this is the Nutrition Over 50 talk that's going to dominate the majority of our episode today. Now, don't worry if you're not 50 years old yet, you're going to learn a ton that you can still apply. If you are over 50, I really hope this resonates with you. And before we get into that, we start with an awesome testimonial that I received from a Dialed Fam member who's been doing the no equipment workouts for just a few weeks. We're going to talk about my pink bike article that I didn't expect to come out over the weekend, but it did on Sunday and it's been very successful. So I'm going to bring you up to speed there and we're going to wrap it up with a kettlebell buyer's guide. Now, since releasing that pink bike article, I've had a lot of questions about what kettlebells to purchase, especially since the more of the kettlebell guided workouts have been coming out. This has become an increasingly big topic. Obviously, you don't want to just buy every weight kettlebell you got to usually pick one two or three and i'm going to help direct you so that you make the most of your money so if you're enjoying the podcast thank you so much for just being a part of it first off but please share it with your friends tag me on your instagram story by either screenshotting that you're listening to the podcast or do a little video record of your screen that's been helping a ton i will make sure that i repost it and i just appreciate this growth guys it's awesome to see and we're gonna keep pushing toward our goals toward the end of the year. So thanks for being along for the ride. If you do have any questions that you want me to discuss specifically, make sure you you email them to me, Derek at dialedhealth.com. That's D-E-R-E-K at dialedhealth.com. You could also go to my Instagram and shoot me a DM over there. All right, let's get into it. The testimonial that I have promised, it was sent to me by at James Glazos underscore 15. When I got this and read it, it, and don't get me wrong, it's very simple, but this type of thing gets me so fired up to just push as hard as I can and give you guys the best product possible. Let me read it for you. He says, hey Derek, been doing the no equipment core workout for three weeks now. I've seen a big difference out on the trail by being able to hold my proper body position for longer, and I just feel myself getting stronger. Just wanna thank you for all the time and work you do making these programs. Stoked to continue my fitness journey with your workouts. Sorry, I'm not tearing up. That's just a, it's a little scratch in my throat. When I read that, it, I mean, it's a very simple thank you of someone who is using the product and getting results. But when I hear that someone is using the product and getting results, it makes me feel so good because I can see it in person when I work with people in person, but I'm not doing that anymore. And getting responses like this from clients and members of the Dialed Fam, it's just it's just such a good reminder, man. I don't have that tangible thing where I can see, oh my gosh, this person is squatting so much better. Or wow, this person has lost 10 pounds and their face looks completely different. I just don't get that on the weekly basis that I used to. So hearing these types of things are insane. So if you have a testimonial from any of the, that you're using any of the content that I've put out, I would really appreciate hearing it. And I know that it's encouraging to other Dialed Fam members and people who are just kind of on the fence to whether or not they really want to commit to a program or a diet change or anything that's maybe they're considering to really improve their riding. When I hear stuff like this, I repost it, I talk about it, it makes me feel good, it fires me up, and it does the same for the rest of the community. So let's keep these going, guys. All right, to the Pink Bike article. (music) 
My article made it to the front page of Pink Bike over the weekend. It's actually Tuesday afternoon as I record this, and it's still there, barely. It's hanging on. It's one of the last articles in the feed. And if you're a road cyclist, I'm sorry for leaving you in the dark here. Pink Bike is essentially the biggest mountain bike website in the world, at least to my understanding. And they cover everything from cross-country racing, enduro, free ride, downhill racing, all of the above. And so to get featured on their home page or their front page is what it's called. It's like a blog post. So there's people posting blogs to the site through their personal profiles all the time. And really just the best of the best kind of make it to the front. And there's some other things involved. Obviously they want variety and they're looking to hit certain markers as well. But I got connected with them earlier this year. I've put out two articles since. They've both been guided workouts that I pull from the website to use just as marketing, kind of like a one freebie to get you know, someone's foot in the door. So we've done core workout one, we've done the guided foam rolling session, which had some really interesting comments, <laughs> which I kind of walked into on that one. And this time, because I've gotten so much positive feedback on kettlebells in the last few months, especially, I figured, hey, let's put the latest kettlebell workout up there, guided kettlebell workout four. I cleaned up the format, looked at past analytics and did my best to just make this one clear, clean, and hopefully be what people are looking for. And it turns out that it has been. And in fact, the reason I think it got posted before I knew was because I think another editor posted it. And I don't know if that's because the previous ones did well and they recognized it or what, but previously my two articles have been through one editor and she has given me the heads up like, hey, this will post in three days at this time. And then I can sort of pump it up on my end, obviously try and get the dialed fam in on it to go comment and go engage with it because I want to make sure the article does well and that they want to feature me again. So anyways, last minute, Sunday morning, I wake up 5 a.m. It's on there and I'm like, no way. And I was already, you know, late for a dawn patrol ride I was supposed to do, which I did. I just pushed it back a little. So I posted about it and it just has gotten awesome feedback and I'm so stoked. So it's still hanging on the front page by a thread. It's Tuesday afternoon as I record this. And I'm really proud of that. In fact, it was on the must reads for this week. Uh, if you scroll to the bottom of the page, no matter what article you click on, they kind of put the top post on there. And so far it's been on there. So it's just super cool. I've seen a huge impact to the site, to uh, growth on Instagram, and even some people talking about this podcast in it. So if you are new from Pinkbike, welcome. I hope that got you excited to hopefully do some more workouts on the website. And I hope all the Dialed Fam members really understand that, you know, I'm not trying to give away what people are paying for, but it's just like just enough to, like I said, get, you know, like dip the toe in the water for people, see what they like. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go to pinkbike.com and you might have to scroll through to the second page, uh, but you'll see my article on there or just go sign up for your free trial at the uh, .com, at the old <laughs> the old website and go try it out, man. Go try out one of these kettlebell workouts or any of the guided workouts. And I'm, I'm just excited about them. I think we'll be doing a kettlebell program in the future, but the guided format has really resonated with people through all of this quarantine, lockdown, just hecticness that people have been dealing with. So anyways, that's the update there. Super exciting. In fact, as I record this, I cracked over 420 uh, subscriptions to the site that are active and no, there's no joke behind that. That's just the real number, what it happened to be. And as you guys know, my goal by the end of the year is 500 active subscribers. So we're getting closer and the 10 K is coming on Instagram, man. Oh my gosh. We're getting close. I can taste that steak dinner. 
that bet that I've had going for two years with my videographer of who can get to 10K first, I'm in the lead significantly. And you guys, I could be eaten. Uh, we're probably going to go to Ruth's Chris. It's like a local. Actually, oh my gosh. I almost said it's a local steakhouse. It's a huge chain. Uh, <laughs> in fact, really, uh, really well-versed staked aficionados that I've talked to, some of my like higher level businessmen, it's, it's not their favorite. But for me, it's gold, you guys. It is. We're talking blue cheese filet mignon, okay? We're talking uh, sweet potato casserole with more sugar than the last ice cream you ate in it, okay? So just keep that in mind. It's amazing, and I am not going to take it easy on my buddy. I told him I'm going to literally drain his wallet. I, I, will, I will puke just so I can eat more and make him spend more money on my meal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's so many wrong things about that statement, but bottom line, I'm super excited and it feels like there's quality momentum and you guys are honestly the reason to thank for that. So thank you. And I just want you to know I'm doing everything on my end to, uh, even like from that testimonial, like I said, just, uh, keep pushing this thing forward because I'm happy with where it's at, but oh my gosh, is it far from what I, what I see it becoming. We're going to now get into the real meat of the episode here. This is all about nutrition over 50. And there's a couple of reasons why I want to spend so much time on this topic. And number one, it's because even if you're not 50, these principles still apply to you. There's a lot to learn. In fact, once we get into the more specific actionable steps uh, and specific foods that we're going to talk about, you can implement, it just is going to give you an idea of things to look out for in the future. So there's a lot to be learned there. So don't check out if you're not over 50. The second reason, and arguably even more important for me, my dad asked me this question. He was the one who wanted me to go over this topic, and you know I got to nail it for him. So I did a little research, and I have a pretty good list. We're going to start with more so personality traits, uh, more so the psychology behind habits, and then we're going to go into the specific foods, which is I know what you're probably really looking for. Now, to give you a little backstory on my dad, he barely crosses this 50-year-old threshold. He's 51, and he's freshly retired, so he's insanely active. I mean, he's always been active, but it's like now we just have this conversation too he's he's doing all these sports that he almost always wanted to do but never could because he was a young dad with kids and all this stuff so uh he retired from the chp he was on the swat team fbi task force he protected arnold as our governor for a while which was super cool he taught a bunch of the chp drivers uh, at the evoc driving school and the dude has Ken block skills behind the wheel. I'm not exaggerating. I've been in the car with them sideways at 100 miles an hour with just chunks of rubber getting shoved into my eye through the window. Uh, It's just insane. So he's also now doing all these sports and activities that he wanted to, like I mentioned. So to give you an example, he was in Idaho doing a backpacking um, bow hunting elk trip earlier this year. Just got back from Moab, Utah on a moto trip. And he's riding his new stump jumper basically every single day. He's out on his road bike. He's watching my son, getting him outdoor on trails. <laughs> I mean, almost every day it seems like. And he's doing quite a bit of trail running and fast packing and almost like rucksacking. So the dude is getting after it. So when he asked me this question, I knew he was serious about optimizing his performance. And so hopefully we have some good answers for it. Now, before we jump into the real recommendations, I have to remind you, 
I'm 29 years old, so you have to take it with a grain of salt. If you're 50 or 60 or 70, like I know some of you are listening to this podcast right now, uh, I understand. I could sound a little naive here. So everything I say is with all due respect, you've lived a lot longer, life is tough, and there's a lot of things you understand that I don't. I, I, I get that. But I will say, I've worked with a significant number of clients over 50 years old, and through those experiences, you know, of seeing them have success, not have success, just physically watching people, hours and hours and hours, watching these people move, hearing about their, you know, uh, aches and pains or strains or weird habits they have. And I mean, stuff is so much more ingrained older in age. And, and I get that. So um, I think if there's anyone who is qualified to answer this question, that's not 50, it's me. And I say that confidently just because of all the training experience I've had with these people. So that is all my disclaimer. Uh, let's kind of get into this. So like I mentioned, we're going to start talking about the psychology behind your habits. And let's start with a little quote. You've probably heard it before, but it's to be what you've never been before. You have to do something you've never done before. Now I say that because when you are 50 and up, your habits and the triggers behind those habits are so much more deeply ingrained than they were in your 20s, 30s, 40s, because you've just been doing them for so much longer. I mean, <laughs> you got to give yourself some credit if it takes you longer to break a habit or to implement a new habit, especially when that new habit causes friction with something else. I mean, we all know that if you are trying to lose weight, maybe you can't go to the bar all weekend like you normally do or watch football the way you normally do. I mean, I'm generalizing and just kind of throwing out a random example, but there's so much friction and it just gets harder with age, at least from what I've seen. So, you know, keep that in mind though. You have to literally be willing to just let these things go. And the willingness is the real key here. And this isn't any different than someone who's younger. It's just that you are going to have to fight a little bit harder. That's just the truth because you have more to undo. You know, people are way more adaptable when they're younger. It's just, you haven't like learned enough about the ways of your life enough, I guess. And, uh, you're probably not as stubborn either. <laughs> so, the willingness to be able to change is the first step because you know the results of what you've done so far. Like wherever you're at currently is the result of your habits that you've had up to this point. No one's going to argue that and especially with your nutrition. Now here's the hard part. It's the ingrained triggers that you have. Now it, it, what you'll start to realize when you are on this path of improving your diet or just generally optimizing your performance, adding these new workouts in, whatever it is, is that you'll have these, even if you're so focused, you'll just have these triggers pop up that can get you distracted or off track. Now, I'm going to give you an example of a personal trigger I had the first time that I did a real hard uh block of food tracking and dieting. So this was when I went from almost 15% body fat, I was 14.8% body fat, all the way down to 7.1% body fat. So I lost 50% of my body fat in a few months. And I had always been almost 15% body fat or more my whole life, like always in the mid range body fats. So what I, and I've been a big eater all my life. I talk about that frequently. You know, I just, it's the pop tart, uh, Velveeta cheese, uh, Reese's puff lifestyle I had growing up. So here's what I noticed my first few weeks into dieting and this was like the first week so this was I went no alcohol and no dessert type food so anything you'd consider like a pastry or anything like that I cut it out 
And my habit, even up to that point, if I had a good week, was to let loose on the weekends. So I'm you know, doing my diet. I'm waking up in the morning on Friday. I've dieted all week and I'm brushing my teeth. And I kid you not, it's like 5 a.m. It's probably even 4 a.m. at the time I'm doing these sessions uh, at 5 a.m. So it's early in the morning. I'm brushing my teeth. And I kid you not, as I'm brushing my teeth, I was thinking, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to eat tonight. Oh, I wonder what I'm going to have for dessert. And, it, and then I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't have any of that because it's not on my program. And that's when I realized, holy smokes, every Friday, because I know I let loose on the weekends the way I do, I start thinking about it as soon as I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. (laughs) I can barely tell you what my own name is, let alone what day it is, but I'll tell you what I'm craving for a dessert that night. And that's how ingrained this trigger was. And then also, here's a funny story. So uh, I live close now to where I grew up. I'm in the same town, just on the opposite side of town. So I was on a street called Junction Boulevard, and this was a street in, you know, like near my high school, my middle school, where I grew up. And I hadn't been down that street in a long time. So I'm on this diet. I randomly just driving down the street in a certain direction. And out of nowhere, I just started craving ice cream. Seriously, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like I just went through an intersection and a light switch went off, and all of a sudden I wanted ice cream. And I realized, I was like, why do I want ice cream? And I was like, well, I haven't been over here in like, you know, literally years on this street. And I realized I was driving towards Baskin Robbins. And the only time I ever drove on that street, seriously, in that direction was when I was going to Baskin Robbins. Because we did a lot, you know, as a kid with my family. And that's when it hit me again. I was like, holy smokes, not only am I not going to go to Baskin Robbins, but I wasn't even craving it until I drove down the street in this direction and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And that's me as a 29 year old who's been very health conscious since he was 18. I've been on this journey for like 10 years, just making slow, slow, small improvements. And that I think is going to give you a good example of how many of those you probably have ingrained in your life up to the point you're at. It's very real. And the trick is when you put these parameters around your diet is for one, committing to your diet and understanding, no, I'm not going to give into this. And when you realize you're not going to give in and those triggers come up, as long as you acknowledge them, that's when you can address them. You don't just all of a sudden go, oh, I'm craving ice cream. I want it. I can't have it. I'm mad. You think, why, why did that come up out of nowhere? And then if you start thinking, you'll probably be able to connect the dots like I did. So make sure that's a big part of the process. Now, another thing you're going to have to do is be aware of all the activities, social events, and just like entertainment that you get that's driven by food. If food is not the main activity itself, the activity is going to be fueled by it. And it's not a bad thing. I'm not judging it. I think food is meant to be shared like that. It's very social. It brings people together. And I mean, we all just love food. So it's not a bad thing. But you are going to have to be aware of that event that you normally just crush beers at or you eat all the pizza at or you have all the appetizers at. I don't know. Um, And you might have to plan and prepare. And if you're committed to your diet, you're just going to have to be organized enough to foresee that. Like, look at your schedule and be like, okay, you know, yeah, we normally do mountain bike on this day. We normally do cycle, but we always ended at the bar. Maybe I'm not drinking right now. What, what can I get there? Can I get a ginger ale? Can I just get a Coke uh, if I have the calories to do it after my ride? So that little bit of planning is super important because you could just get caught up. And I'll tell you right now, 
I'm not about just telling people to pat themselves on the back. It's okay. It's okay. All the time. But if you get caught up in that situation, there's a, there could be a point where you're like, okay, I screwed myself. I'm in this position. I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm going to make sure I'm prepared next time. That is at least a learning experience. And again, it's you acknowledging it. Okay. So really these same principles apply to people that are a lot younger, but I'm putting a lot of emphasis on it for you guys, because these are just so much more deeply rooted and ingrained. And I hope that kind of makes sense for you. So start thinking about that. And really it all starts with having clear parameters on your diet, because I think knowing what is and isn't quote unquote okay for you at that moment, what supports your goals, that's going to really highlight the things that you do that aren't maybe okay. And that's when you'll start realizing, holy smokes, like everything I do revolves around food. So getting the clarity around the diet's important. Uh, that's why I'm so big on food tracking, because if you are committed to food tracking, then there's ultimate clarity right there. You see everything. Okay. So that is the big mental, uh, psychological side of what you're going to have to fight against as far as someone trying to you know, improve their nutrition in their 50s. But now let's get into the details about what I really think you should spend time eating. I'm going to take a little bit of sip here. Elevator music. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Hot water, baby. It's nice. It's chilly over here. So first things first, we talked about it on a previous episode, creatine. Now, I have some articles sourced for this, but if you want a more deep dive on creatine and why you should take creatine, uh, you can refer to, oh, I said articles, a previous podcast on this. I uh, did a previous podcast really breaking down the ins and outs of creatine. In short, when you take creatine monohydrate as a powder, as a supplement, it refills your phosphate creatine stores in your muscles. That allows you to have that quick burst of, I guess, energy expenditure. So you use ATP is that like short term, just high intensity energy. And that ATP lasts up to like 10 seconds, topping off your phosphocreatine stores, make sure that you have all the energy you need. Now you also have these phosphocreatine stores in your brain. And I bring it up because healthline.com has a really cool article on this. They've noticed with older adults. And I, I know that some, they've done studies on children. They've also done studies with, you know, people who are elderly, like 70, 80. Um, but they have noticed impact. Uh, and I'm going to my article here. So let's see here. Just like your muscles, I'm now reading the article. <laughs> Don't copyright me. So uh, just like your muscles, your brain stores phosphocreatine and requires plenty of ATP for optimal function. That's where this supplementing comes from. Now, it's been seen, uh, supplementing may improve, it always says may, the following conditions. Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, stroke, ep- epilepsy, brain and spinal cord injuries, motor neuron disease, memory and brain function in older adults. Now, those are all things that happen when you get old. <laughs> and I'm not saying they don't happen when you're younger, but they're things to look out for. So I would highly recommend supplementing with creatine monohydrate. It's one of the most inexpensive supplements you can buy. It's tasteless. It's flavorless. Just make sure it has one ingredient only, which is creatine monohydrate. I just buy it from GNC, which is our local supplement supplier. Uh, they're a big chain, but at least in the U.S. here. So find some of that. Start trying three grams a day, uh, maybe up to five grams if you are a um, adult male. And uh, that will be helping out that situation. Okay, let's move on. Testosterone. I know you want me to talk about this. Now, 
can you go do some testosterone therapy and get high levels, I guess, quote unquote, injected into your body? You can totally do it. Um, I'm not, dude, I'm not against that. I'm really not. It's funny. I want to talk about steroids at some point um, and just kind of my real thoughts on them because I think a lot of this stuff comes down to your own choices. So testosterone therapy, it's not like steroids, but uh, the biggest uh, argument against it is the fact that you are going to probably slow down your body's natural production of it because you're getting introduced with so much that is, I don't want to say foreign, but you're not ha- your body's not having to produce as much because it's getting it from an outside source. Uh, so that's, that's a kind of a whole other conversation. But what's cool is that you can obviously eat a more testosterone-supportive uh, diet. Okay, so we're going to go to another little article here. And... Basically, I looked up the top eight testosterone-boosting foods. So in general, you're looking at meats right here. If you are eating meat on a regular basis, a high variety of meat, you're probably doing pretty well here. Uh, But there's a couple funny ones that you probably didn't expect. So we have tuna, uh, we have beef, shellfish, and oysters. Uh, But you also have low-fat milk, egg yolks. Uh, The egg yolk, by the way, is because of the cholesterol in it. And there's, it's interesting, another conversation here, but good and bad cholesterol, uh, the way it helps your testosterone is pretty, pretty crazy. So uh, fortified cereals and beans. And so if you want more testosterone boosting foods specifically, go ahead and just Google it. <laughs> You're gonna find a lot of stuff. And I would say that, you know, if you are eating eggs, meats, Maybe you have milk or fortified cereals. Like I do fortified cereals actually sometimes. Um, I do some egg yolks and I do a lot of variety of meats. Uh, So I know personally between that and the creatine monohydrate, I have that covered. Now what you'll see when you start looking up testosterone uh, foods or uh, high diets, you'll see stuff that says, you know, vegetarian diets could be at risk for low testosterone. And that is because of the lack of meat and natural creatine that you're getting replenished through those foods. Um, So just heads up, if you're checking those boxes, you probably don't have a ton to worry about there. Now, next thing, we got to talk about fish oil. Now, I have personally talked about fish oil and that I didn't notice a difference when I took it. However, we have some other results going on. And I know some people really have noticed fish oil. So if you have not uh, tried it, I recommend at least trying it out. You know, just start taking fish oil for three months. See if you notice any difference. If you do or don't, um, that's up to you to carry on. But here is what uh, healthyeating.sfgate.com says, uh, fish oil dosage for seniors. Most seniors take fish oil for its cardiovascular benefits, as well as it's for its ability to relieve inflammation, which we're going to talk about next arthritis, gout, and other health conditions cause inflammation in the body leading to chronic pain and stiffness. Since this supplement carries potential side effects, it should be used with caution. Good to know. Now, the recommended dosage depends on the goals of supplementation. Seniors who wish to enjoy better overall health can take up to 250 milligrams of DHA or EPA per day. Now, what you'll probably see are those three letters, uh, DHA and EPA, uh, on most fish oil bottles. And you could talk to whoever is helping you out at the supplement store, um, but it's saying take up to 250 milligrams of both per day as a good starting point. In clinical trials, trials, researchers have used 1 to 15 grams of fish oil for high triglycerides, up to 15 grams of, uh, for high blood pressure, and up to 10 grams for rheumatoid arthritis. So you see a number of things they're treating it with, and 
as far as the inflammation goes and other like risks, you want to be careful with it. But at the same time, there's a lot of supporting evidence that it helps inflammation. So, uh, well, I think what you'll notice on a lot of this nutrition stuff is that there is really not one thing that's just going to change your life the second you eat it. It's about the compounded effect over years. And truthfully, going back to the steroid conversation, steroids are like the only thing that has some insane impact where it's like, holy smokes, like this is the, this works so good, we have to make it illegal. And because of the side effects, but just keep that in mind. You know, um, if one of these individual things was so impactful, just doing that, everybody would doing, you would know about it by now, okay? So fish oil worth looking into. Now, anti-inflammatories in general. So we have fatty fish, anti-inflammatories, the fish oil, uh, cherry, turmeric, green tea, grapes, mushrooms, and peppers. So what you're looking at is, are uh, some fruits, but a lot of spices, and then you have the green tea in there as well. Also, the mushrooms is kind of interesting. Of course, there's a long list if you look on Google. Uh, there's also cocoa or uh, cacao that was on the anti-inflammatory list. And you know you hear things like red wine and good for blood pressure and all this stuff. It's so funny just to see how much of a reach certain foods are. But I think what you're seeing that you can really like generalize is that these are all just real whole foods. <laughs> it's, it's a real whole foods and a big variety of them. Uh, keep that in mind. Now let's go to metabolism boosting foods, cinnamon, spices, coffee, and tea, coke, a cocoa, cocoa, and protein rich foods, very similar to the anti-inflammatory foods. And we have a lot of spices. We have the coffee and tea. The caffeine is going to help rev up your metabolism, cinnamon, um, really good foods that are again whole real foods and so after you kind of address those areas of uh, you know creatine testosterone fish oil anti-inflammatory metabolism these are all those boosting foods you want to think about hydration now in regards to hydration i in general have heard that the older you get the harder it is for your body to naturally retain just water. And so I'm back on healthline.com here and found a couple of interesting points that I thought would kind of help motivate you to really stay hydrated. And this was interesting because I, I didn't know this. So uh, dehydration risk for uh, in older adults. Uh, you have a decline in total body fluid. As we age, the amount of fluid in our bodies begins to decrease. This means there are fewer water reserves available for your body to use as you get older. Next point, lowered thirst response. Feeling thirsty is your body's way of letting you know you need water. However, because the thirst response becomes weaker with age, older adults may not know when they need to drink. Third point, decreased kidney function. The function of the kidneys can decline with age, meaning that more water may be lost through urination. So your body is not absorbing it as much. Uh, last point, health conditions and medications. Some older adults have underlying health conditions or take medications. In some cases, these conditions or meds can lead to an increase in water loss through urination. Very interesting points. Now, I've seen, it's, I, I've seen muscles of smoke, like actual uh, visuals of a healthy muscle in just a fit middle-aged uh, person versus like a smokers. And you've seen it with lungs, but you've also, I've also seen old, I can't remember what the age was. I'm just going to say old. Okay. 
I'm not going to try and offend anybody. Let's just say old muscles versus young, healthy muscles. And the biggest difference uh, was just how hydrated the muscles were. You know, you, you see like this fresh piece of raw meat versus something that's a little closer to beef jerky. And that's a bit of an exaggeration, but that always stuck with me because I realized, holy smokes, you really, your body just doesn't retain as much water as you get older. So it was interesting to hear that. And the fact that you could just not be absorbing it and you're just peeing it out more often and you kind of lose some of your body's natural signals to tell you to drink, that means you should probably really be intentional about the amount of liquids that you're getting in. Now, I recommend a lot of people try and drink a gallon a day. If you are athletic, if you're hitting your workouts, you're hitting your rides, you're hitting your strength workouts, Try and drink a gallon a day as a male, 100 ounces as female. So one gallon, ooh, 122 ounces. <laughs> I should have looked that up before. But it's interesting to do because for one, it's, it's safe uh, as long as you pee. But as long as you start your day with like 12 to 16 ounces of water, you drink the same amount after your coffee and you just, you know, just chug some water. It's not a big deal. Just freaking chug some water. And guess what? If you are dieting, it helps fill you up, get your stomach nice and full and makes you think less about how hungry you are. So keep that in mind. Hydration is without a doubt the most important thing for your body. That's been kind of beat to death at this point, but it's just so interesting that there's multiple factors pulling you away naturally as you get older from being more hydrated. So be very intentional about that. So quick recap, let's keep this in mind. You are over 50, you have more deep ingrained habits that you need to break or new ones that you need to implement that could cause friction with old habits. You have deeper rooted triggers that you need to address. You potentially have more events and general activities that you do that revolve around food that you need to be aware of and acknowledge. And again, these are principles apply to anyone of any age. Um, so it's just that you have to fight a little bit harder for that. Now, what I'll say, actually, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't want to forget. Here's what I'm going to say. I want to motivate you a little bit here. As I mentioned, you've been through a lot more life. Life is tough. I'm sure at this point in your life, you have been through some ish, okay? Don't let food get the best of you. Don't let food have power over you. Enjoy food, but be in power of it. You need to be able to control it. I know if you are over 50 listening to this right now, you have been through something that is so much more difficult than saying no to a piece of chocolate cake or saying no to that beer. Even if it's your favorite thing, even if that day that's the one thing you look forward to, Really put it in perspective of the difficulties of your life. It's freaking food. I have to remind myself that sometimes because you, it's so everyone is telling you, oh, just enjoy life. And no, I'm enjoying life by being the best that I can be. And if this food is not going to get in the way of that. And if you're letting it do that, then you have to step it up and say, no, step it up. You can do this. I know that you have the willpower. I know that you have the strength. There's just no way you could have made it this long on this earth without that. <laughs> Keep that in perspective. You are a grown-ass man. You are a grown-ass woman. You can say yes or no to what you put in your body. You have complete control over it. So make that choice and really respect yourself. Be confident in your own willpower and in your ability to make decisions and direct your own life. It doesn't have to be some insane life-changing 
uh, you know, new action that you're taking. You don't have to change your whole life at one time, but it could come down to one meal a day. It could come down to one snack a day. It could come down to committing to going to the grocery store every Sunday or whatever it may be. So keep that in mind. I really believe that you're, if you're in this position, that you have the power to do it. And I do not want food to get the best of you. And you know what? I promise you, because I've experienced this, if you do get control over food, when you choose to indulge and it's intentional, it's so much more enjoyable. I promise you. Be intentional and it's so much more enjoyable. A little bit of discipline. Uh, my dad, I like this one, Jocko Willink. Discipline equals freedom. Dad, this one's for you because it is in his garage, hung up above his fridge. And, you know, when you think about that, it's just, it's so true. I mean, so much of my life currently is about delayed gratification. And when you have that in mind, it all makes sense. It's, it's the reminder of why you're doing it in the first place. A little pain and suffering now goes through a lot of happiness and reward and just general self-confidence later. So give yourself that gift I want you to crush it. Okay, <laughs> that's my motivational rant. Now, uh, let's go back into what we talked about, the, implementing the diet. So creatine monohydrate, great to look into. Testosterone-building foods, uh, generally just meats. Uh, look into fish oil, anti-inflammatories, uh, also the fish stuff, plus tart cherry and turmeric. By the way, that's in my Kyoku recovery shake. Uh, Kyoku is an awesome brand. If you want just a great, well-rounded superfood blend that is personalized to whatever your amount of training load is or your weight loss goals or weight maintenance goals or whatever, uh, you can go on and take a test on their website. And I'm just plugging them because they hooked me up. Their product's incredible. It's literally perfect food. And I usually just add the carbs uh, that I need with it in a blender post-ride. And uh, it's, it's amazing. So check out Kiyoku. You can actually use the code DIALEDFAM to save 15% off your first month. I recommend looking into it. Uh, it has, like, and I bring it up with the anti-inflammatory stuff because mine is very focused on anti-inflammatory and it includes tart cherry and turmeric and green tea and holy smokes it works uh metabolism boosting foods a lot of spices cinnamon coffee tea cocoa protein rich foods and then hydration drink some water set a goal <laughs> everything's telling everything wants you to be dehydrated don't let it happen We're going to wrap it up with a quick question from at Ben underscore Eines, and he wanted to know more about what kettlebells to buy, like a quick little buyer's guide. In fact, I got a lot of questions about this since posting that workout to Pink Bike, which was a kettlebell workout. A lot of people want to know what weight they should use. Usually they're trying to buy, you know, one or two instead of a full rack. So it's like, what do you do? Now, here's what I'll say. First off, my favorite brand of kettlebells, the ones I have in the gym are by Kettlebell Kings. It's at Kettlebell bell kings on instagram they make really quality product i actually have the competition style bells and what you'll see with the competition versus the standard size bells is that all competition size bells are the same size they're just different weights so same size same shape just different weights and the different colors indicate what weight it is so you know the handles are a little more flat on the top but still round and smooth at the side and then they come straight down opposed to kind of angling back in like a normal standard kettlebell and so there's advantages and disadvantages to this style of kettlebell. I actually really prefer, not prefer, excuse me, I really enjoy training with standard kettlebells and I have some at home like that because certain movements like goblet squats or halos, uh, 
they can feel a little more comfortable with that handle. Anytime you have the kettlebell in a bottoms up position and you're kind of holding it at the side, it's really nice with standard kettlebells. But I chose competition bells because teaching them to clients uh, quickly is a lot easier uh, when you have that similar shape and you can help them up weight or decrease weight. And the only thing they feel the difference of is the weight. It's not the size and the shape. So when you're quickly trying to learn and adapt, I think they're easier for, for that process. And it's also nice too, because of the bright colors. I kid you not, this went into my decision. And this is the part of training that experience only teaches you. (laughs) But when I can just say, Hey, go grab the blues. It's a lot easier than saying grab the 12 kilo and having them look around and figure out which one's which. Uh, That is a very realistic thing to consider as a trainer in my position. So if you got standard bells, uh, you're going to be just fine doing that. A great brand to buy standard bells on is Rogue.com. Now, those two brands, Kettlebell Kings and Rogue, are going to probably be sold out right now. So if you can't find them, that's totally okay. It's just like the times everyone's trying to get their home gym set up with all the quarantine stuff. So (laughs) all the quarantine stuff. That's like the nicest way to say that gyms are closing. It's such a shame. But... Uh, (laughs) if you are going to buy a different brand, there's a lot of great brands of kettlebells. Here's a couple of things to look for. First off, you don't want a smooth coating around the kettlebell. If it looks glossy and it's tough because the competition bells kind of look glossy, but I've held some that literally have almost a plastic film over them. They're going to be impossible to hold on to. So if you get a chance to feel one, that's great. Uh, but a lot of bells have sort of a grainy look to them. If they're a competition bell and they look shiny, don't worry. I'm sure they're built correct if they're a competition bell in general. But if you're looking at a standard bell and it looks real glossy, heads up on that one. Also, you want to make sure there's no sharp corners anywhere on the bell. A lot of times you'll see sharp corners at the side of the handles, or you'll see sharp corners where the handles connect to the bell. And instead of being like a perfectly round, kind of smooth connection, it's just like a flat stop and there's a corner on the bottom of the bell. And you don't want that because that that could dig into your wrist and just be uncomfortable in the rack position. So the, the only exception I've seen on that front with the sharp corners are some of the adjustable kettlebells that have come out i think bowflex has an adjustable kettlebell that looks pretty good although it has a sharp corner there's like an indent where your forearm would go in the rack position that looks pretty solid i actually had a client recently grab a pair sarah shout out to you what's up i hope you're using them and they look really good so with that exception um that's kind of what you want to look for with the style of kettlebell now Uh, If you do have a real specific question, you could send me an example of a bell you're considering to buy. Shoot me the link on email or DM, and I'd be happy to say yes or no. Now, what weight should you get? It's a great question. If you are only going to get one kettlebell weight, I would go mid-range, and let me tell you what I mean by that. So that would be like 12 to 16 kilo, maybe 18 kilo if you're a savage, (laughs) Uh, but you know, I'm very experienced with kettlebells and I'd consider myself strong for my five, nine, 155 pound stature, but I use a 16 kilo as my like do it all bell. I mean, the reason I do that is because for one, I have the strength to press it overhead, which is very important. <clears throat> my form is good. Uh, but you also want a heavy enough bell to swing. If the bell's too light, it's not going to want to swing. Like you could just pick it up and do a shoulder fly with it. If it's that light, it's really in it's actually ineffective to be honest. So I would make sure that you're at least going for a 12 kilo, even if you're a woman. 
a smaller woman, I should say, or a smaller man, and you're inexperienced, try a 12 kilo because even if you can't do a strict press with it, you could still probably push press it and it's gonna feel a lot better on swings, cleans, snatches, because you'll have real momentum behind it. Maybe a 10 kilo if you were like, you know, sub 120 pounds maybe, and also inexperienced. Um, I have an eight kilo set in the gym that I do use, but as soon as people start swinging, we always up the weight uh, because it's just not enough to get that pendulum effect that you need. So if you have one bell, stick between 12 and I'd say like 16 kilo, and that's a good safe place to go. And that's how you can do all the guided workouts on my website. I designed them for one bell, total body, and that's the, the kettlebell for that. Now, if you can buy two, I highly recommend it because you could have that mid-range to lighter range weight and then you can have a, a heavier one. So when I originally bought bells actually a couple years ago, and this was just for home use, I bought a 12 kilo and then I bought a 24 kilo. Now my upper body's gotten stronger since then. So I've moved up to the 16 kilo, but the 24 kilo was awesome because I can use it for standard swings. I can use it for goblet squats and I can use it for heavy rows. And those are three movements that if you just bought a heavy bell for those or maybe some lunge variations. Now you can get really good heavy stimulus for your lower body. You could also get that heavy row because you know, rowing a light kettlebell, you, typically people can row like twice as much as they can press if not more. So having that heavier kettlebell for that can be very important if you have the option. So if you can buy two, go to that light mid range, 12 to 16 kilo. And then if you can, in the heavier one, heavier one would be like a 20 to 30, uh, 28 kilo 20 to 28 kilo so lighter 12 to 16 and heavier 20 to 28 anything kind of in between or outside of that is really going to limit you a lot more obviously there's exceptions there's a guy that commented on my pink bike video saying he does all this kettlebell work with a 24 kilo and he might i know guys that do that and they're freaking beast but he was also recommending it for a beginner and i was like I'm just going to leave that there. Thankfully, people came in on the comments and told him he was uh, out of his mind. So that's it. Um, standard competition. They're both great options. Just make sure smooth corners and then stick with those weights if you want to buy them. I hope that helps a ton. Kettlebells are a blast. They're a very efficient way to uh, get a lot of work in in a short period of time. And they're just, they're just fun, dude. They're really cool. And they're really, I mean, people think they're so sick. You're probably going to see a lot more kettlebell stuff because the people love it. All right, let's go to the outro. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Dialed Health Podcast. I really appreciate all the support on the content, whether it's here or even on my Instagram. There's been a ton of growth lately and it's just beyond exciting to watch. Now, if you are listening to the podcast and you have not yet become a part of the Dialed Fam officially, please go sign up at dialedhealth.com. You can do a monthly membership, which is only 20 bucks a month or $17.50 a month if you choose the annual subscription. Now, all the programs and workouts on there are literally a physical representation of everything we discuss. And it's a way that you can implement it and also support what we're doing here at Dialed Health. The team is growing behind the scenes. We have more people coming in and helping and supporting. And I really see this becoming the number one strength and conditioning platform for cyclists in the world. That's my goal. It's my mission. And your support just means a ton. So thank you so much for listening. Go check it out and let me know if you have any questions. Uh, with that being said, you guys, start moving forward. I will see you next Wednesday.